All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and today I'm here with a very special guest. I'm here with Briley Casanova. Briley, how are you? Hi, Zach. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? Good, good. Glad to hear. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, and thanks for taking some time to be on the podcast. Of course. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for your time in advance. <laughs> yeah, of course. I am super excited to have you. Um, for those of you listening back home, Briley is a fellow podcaster, which is really awesome. And I always love connecting with other podcasters and hearing about their experiences. She's also a former two-time USA Gymnastics National Team member and senior team captain uh, of the University of Michigan's women's gymnastics team. And currently, she is also a certified mental performance consultant. So a lot of really interesting um, things that Briley's done and is doing and really interesting background. So I'm excited to dive into things a bit. But um, Briley, do you mind kind of telling us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing and your background and all that good stuff? Sure. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I don't know how to follow up with (laughs) such a nice intro from you, Zach, but I guess just to give a little more detail. um, Yes, I was, you know, I did the whole college gymnastics route um, at the University of Michigan. That's where I spent my college years as a gymnast. Um, Yes, was a team captain my senior year. Um, That was really fun. And yeah, I also did the um, you know, high level elite, um, literally elite level, um, of gymnastics for many years. Um, that was, that was my life for a really long time. I think I did gymnastics for 20 years. So that's my, that was my sport of choice, my activity of choice growing up. And that's probably what led me to, uh, be where I am today. So yes, I'm a certified mental performance consultant through the association for applied sports psychology, Um, and then I, I guess maybe my educational background when I was at university of Michigan, I got my psychology degree and then I went on to LSU to get my uh, master's degree in sports psych. So, um, kind of all of my sport um, experience and my academic experience, uh, led me into the sports psych career field. Um, and so I guess what I'm doing now, um, just so we're on the same page here, I am a cognitive performance specialist um, for the Air Force, and I'm located out at Vance Air Force Base here in Oklahoma. Um, so kind of a different different but similar audience in the sense of I work with Air Force student pilots, but I also consider them to be athletes as well. So um, I do mental performance work with them, um, and that's my full-time role. And then to add mm-hmm. on top of that, my part-time role that I've maintained for almost four years now is I work with young female gymnasts for the most part. I get a couple other athletes here and there, different ages and different um, you know, experience levels, but um, I, I work predominantly with young female gymnasts in a virtual capacity too. Um, so I know that that's kind of a lot. Um, I'll stop there unless <laughs> that opens up maybe some questions or um, maybe guides the conversation in one way or another yeah so i mean the first question is is just how do you like have free time (laughs) (laughs) but no seriously like it's you do a lot of different things and it's really cool to hear kind of a a little bit about each element and layer that you have going on and something that really piqued my interest is with your your regular job um working with air force you you mentioned that you know it's it's similar because you consider the the people that you're working with as athletes right Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just to answer the free time question, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, that's, that's a very interesting question, believe it or not, because sure. I, th- I think the amount of time we all have, we all have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think how I use my time is it, it, everything is just prioritized. So in terms of the logistics behind my day to day, 
I am a planner. I, yeah. I plan like every little last part of my day, literally on my Apple iCal, you know, so mm-hmm. I literally, I'll, I'll literally write down tasks, chores, meals, like the basic human things we need to, to live and survive. Um, yeah. I literally put everything on my calendar. I would be nothing without my digital calendar. If you were like a, a pen and paper type person, maybe this is like where a, a day planner or a calendar would come in mm-hmm. that type of person. But um, anyway, so yeah, anyway, um, I, I plan everything. I use my calendar. I would be nothing without it. Um, literally meals, you know, literally every last little thing is on my calendar. But mm-hmm. um, I, I love how you can also delete and arrange, like rearrange your schedule too with yeah. that instead of like pen and paper. So I guess that's my logistical answer to your question. And other okay. than that, it's just like pr- pure prioritization. Uh, some things have to like I have to let go of some things and let them go by the wayside and other things I have to move up on the priority list and do things maybe earlier than I Mm -hmm. thought I would have to do. But other than that, um, I don't know. I hope that answers that. Yeah. The free time question. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think anytime that you have so much going on, it's, it just helps to really have some sort of organization, whether it's, it's digitally on your phone or computer or um, a physical, you know, pen and paper planner. Mm -hmm. I think that it's just important to have it, especially like one time, you know, a a manager told me like, even just put your lunch in your work schedule. And it's like, it seems kind of silly maybe at first, but then you realize how much that helps just like have that like kind of sacred time blocked off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Little, even, you know, 15 minute blocks, even like Mm -hmm. setting up breaks. I mean, I will say that's something I'm not really good at is taking breaks. And that's something I, I I share with my athletes and my air force student pilots all the time. And I'm guilty of not following my own advice, but now that you say that, that that'll be my reminder to plan breaks too. And I think that's something we can all improve on. Yes, definitely. I I know we live in a world that's very fast paced and it's very kind of go, go, go. And you know, just you can take a break later, but it's, it's important to incorporate those in our regular day and to kind of just give ourselves the time to just like turn off the brain for even if it's like 10 minutes. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So with everything that you do for, you know, your, your job and kind of your part time job and just everything that you're passionate about mm-hmm. with, um, you know, coaching and mental performance, when you were growing up and you're an athlete yourself, did you have any sort of mental performance coach or consultant that you worked with? That, that's a good question. And, you know, looking back, I knew that there was one out there and she still is out there. And I guess I should give her some credit. Cause, and I, I can't say that I know her very well. Um, uh-huh. However, her name is Doc Alley. Um, if you Google her, I'm sure she's easily going to come up on whatever Google search that you, you find her under, but, um, she's kind of been known as one of the longstanding, um, gymnastics, mental performance coaches out there. So she was out there. I remember listening to like, she had a disc floating around, like literally a CD. I don't know if you, you guys listening know know what CDs are, but man, (laughs) back in the day, like that's kind of how we listen to music and stuff. And so there was a, a CD that I had borrowed from a teammate of mine. Um, and I just remember it was some kind of guided visualization or guided meditation that was her voice um but so I can't say that I directly worked with somebody like her um but I did have she was really the the main resource at least back in the day you know I'm thinking let's say like this is 20 years ago at this Mm -hmm. point so this is a really long time she's been around for a long time um but I guess the earliest that I did have someone who 100% is the reason why I have my job today and who impacted me the most. Um, his name is Greg Harden. He's also quite famous, at least in like the Michigan athletics space. So University of Michigan, um, that's where I, I first met him and ran into him. And it, he's even had a 60 minute special 
um, you know, on him uh, when he was working with Tom Brady back at Michigan as well. So if you guys search Greg Harden, he's been a huge, a huge influence in my career. And I don't even think he knows it. I'm, I don't even know if he would remember me if someone asked him, hey, do you remember Riley Casanova? He probably mm-hmm. wouldn't even remember me, but I remember him. And so, um, yeah, he was the first person that I actually worked with um, one-on-one okay. in that respect. Okay, got it. And now, yeah, so like, I guess when you look back into your time as an athlete, do you, in the moment, did you realize like how much pressure and stress and just like how much of a mental game it was? Or I think like for me, you know, like I can reflect 10 years back and think like, oh my gosh, like whatever I was doing, if I was in sports or whatever pressure I was putting on myself, like I didn't realize in the moment how intense it was, but now I can look back and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. Like, do you ever have that kind of like, perspective taking where you think like oh my gosh like I competed at like a very elite high top level and that was a lot for someone to go through at that time does that kind of make sense yeah no that's 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 such a deep question and yeah and part of me I feel kind of of two minds about it I think Mm -hmm. part of me feels like yes I can reflect back and and like actually fully understand the amount of like I don't know if I would call it pressure maybe that's the word I'm kind of getting hung up on because I really didn't see it as pressure I just saw it as like I I completely wanted to do it and I think that's the difference for me is I voluntarily willingly signed up to be a gymnast and my parents didn't make me do it Um, now there were times where like if I wanted to quit for example I I had a couple of those moments mostly when I was younger um, where they said well okay you can quit but just not right now and for whatever reason, like you finish when you've had a good day, you finish when you've completed the season, like you have to finish your commitment and then, okay, there's a time and place where you can quit and do something else. Um, but I guess going back to like the, the, the feeling of like pressure, I honestly, I was probably the one that put, put the most pressure on myself. So I, I can't really credit um, mm-hmm. my, my stress to, to that a hundred percent. Um, but, and so the other part of me is like, well, yes, I understand that I was under, like I was put under like high expectations. Yes. From other people and also myself, but the other part of me, you know, I don't know, I guess it's kind of hard for me to articulate to be honest. I don't know if I'm able to answer that question super clear, but I guess to put it short, yes. And no, like, I think, I think what over, what overshadows it really is the fact that I love the sport so much. So I didn't see it as some kind of like burden mm-hmm. you know um I didn't I just didn't I just saw it in a different way and I think because I loved competing so much that made it all worth it now I will say I was the type of athlete where because I liked competing so much I didn't I didn't necessarily like the practice so okay. much, like the daily grind that was the harder part for me but by the time you got me to meet season like I was so excited and happy and yes nervous but like in a in, I always saw it in a good way yeah I hope that answers your question. It does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And with how much you loved the sport and how much of a passion you had for it, once your career ended, what was that transition like? Now, that's a that's an interesting question, too, because I will say I had a very non, non-standard or non-traditional, I don't know if that's a fair word to say, but like I had a kind of a unique experience with how my career ended. Um, and I guess I'll give a little backstory because I promise it all kind of comes together. But mm-hmm. the way the way my career, I guess, let's just say started to end the beginning of the end. Um, so I went to the University of Michigan a, a semester early compared to my peers. 
but yeah, so anyway, um, so I graduated high school on December 12th, 2012. And then I flew to the University of Michigan to start my academic and athletic career on Christmas Day of 2012. And so my first competition with the team was like January 2nd of 2013. So the way my college career started was already in itself very uh, unique. And, mm-hmm. and, and not, I, I can't necessarily say most people share that experience or maybe relate to that very well. But anyway, all of that to say why I, why we went about it that way was because when I was in high school, I had enough credits to where I could do that. I could graduate early and in my head and in my family's mind, you know, and in my, you know, just big picture, we were thinking, oh, well, that means if we get her started, you know, uh, basically a semester early in college, that's one less year of wear and tear on her body. So mm. all of that um, to say, fast forward four years to 2016. And then my, I'm in my, my last season at the university of Michigan, um, you know, so it's January, you know, the gymnastics season is January to like April, right? So okay. it's the spring semester. And so it's my senior semester. Um, and then like, I managed to compete a couple of meets, maybe let's say like a handful, maybe no more than five meets, but then all of a sudden my back starts hurting. Um, and then, you know, a couple more, I, I feel, you know, I feel it in practice. I'm like, eh, okay, this is, you know, it's nagging, it's annoying, but I'll try to keep working through it. It wasn't anything serious at the time. But then all of a sudden, like, I think I managed to make it one more week. So one more away meet, you know, all of a sudden my right leg goes numb and I can't like, I can't walk. I can't function. I can't run. I can't jump. I can hardly move. Like I'm in so much pain. And it turns out I herniated my L5 S1, which is basically your tailbone, Mm -hmm. um, which is why, you know, my whole right leg goes numb and, you know, I can't, I can't function. I go from a a hundred, you know, level 100, 21 year old, you know, best shape of her life to like basically not able to function as a human being yeah. I'm bent over you know a chair or a table because like I can't walk because I'm in so much pain um and then basically all of that to say my that was the moment where my gymnastics career was uh sufficiently ended I couldn't heal from that it wasn't so it was bad enough to where I couldn't get back surgery but it was also bad to the point where um, I, I couldn't I just I couldn't perform like I could hardly walk and I was in so much pain so didn't get the surgery, but my coaches and, you know, I were hoping that my back would heal. It turns out it didn't. So, however, in terms of the transition part of your question, um, I still had a whole half year left of college before graduating, which was looking back a a blessing. It was the best thing because um, while I couldn't do gymnastics anymore, I could still be a college student. You know, I was still taking classes. Um, You know, I was on track to graduate on time for me, which obviously is great. Um, and what I ended up doing my last semester, so in the fall of my senior year, I joined the ballroom dance team at the okay. University of Michigan. And so um, that was honestly my other saving grace because by the by that time, I had all these months where I was just doing like literally nothing. I could hardly walk out, like work out, but my back did start to feel a little better. I was still in pain, but like at least I could, I mean, I was doing really basic dance moves. Like we're not talking like flips and flying and like twisting and stuff like this these are just basic ballroom dance steps you know with a mm-hmm. partner so I'm not being thrown around it's not I mean it's not making my back any worse so I was still able to have fun and do something competitive I went to a couple of competitions that year too and <laughs> it, it kind of filled that last little need that I had to finish my my college experience and my athletic experience on a high note yeah. uh, so in terms of my transition I have to say I was like forced to transition. I didn't get mm-hmm. to just have that senior day experience where you have like one of the best meets ever. Um, my body just told me it was done. 
you know, and that's honestly the best way I think it could have gone. And I'm actually so grateful that that was the way it happened as opposed to me graduating and then still being at, at, in college and not being able to do gymnastics. Although I'm a perfectly healthy person, I think that honestly would have made me a lot more um, upset and potentially depressed. So long winded answer, but that's my answer. (laughs) That's a very interesting answer. Um, Sure. um, Yeah. So it was, it was just really interesting to hear kind of you explain the the process and how your transition out was and like how you said that it it ended up being kind of you know a better situation almost than what could have been because it it led me to think as you were talking about it like did it give you sufficient closure like not being able to really end on your own terms yeah honestly I can say in my experience yes that was the best way for it to go like it's mm-hmm. almost better that it wasn't my choice you yeah know? and 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 I knew I mean of course I think for the most part college athletes know that their time's going to come to an end. Like there is, there is hardly any opportunity for a, to be a professional gymnast. And even if it was there, I, w- I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go that route. I mean, I know other sports have different, you know, you know, goals and experiences, but at least I knew my gymnastics career was going to come to an end at some point. And that, that point was either going to be that year or God forbid, if I was able to heal or like take a fifth year, like maybe the next year. So my, my timeline for which I was going to continue the sport regardless was going to be very short anyway. Right. So that, that was a a huge blessing. And again, I'm just so grateful it happened that way. Like I, I'm, I'm very happy with it, to be honest. I have no regrets and I know I did what I could. I left everything out on the floor and my body just decided it had been through enough. So I can't be mad at that. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes that makes total sense. And, you know, you, you talked about how you went to the University of Michigan and you had to, you know, you, you graduated and you flew out to U of M in Ann Arbor. Um, what, what led you to U of M in the first place? Yeah. And, and to put it really simply, I mean, it was the mix of both high level academics and athletics. Mm-hmm. And and I really took the title of student athlete seriously. There's a reason why I wanted to be called a student athlete and not an athlete student. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole, I guess, marketing that, that they tell you to. And I bought into it. I, I bought into wanting to be like, I wanted a school on my resume that I was going to be proud of first and yeah. foremost for academics. Second came athletics always. Um, and I had to bust, bust my butt and grind to graduate. I will say I, I wasn't the smartest person in the room, but I'm, I'm just glad that I got to graduate from a high level university. Um, and I knew that they had a great psychology department too at the time. And even years afterwards, they were constantly and consistently ranked number one in terms of their psychology department and psych program. So I knew I wanted to be in that field one way or another. I just maybe didn't necessarily know in what capacity. So with all that said, I mean, it's, it's a, it was a great academic and athletic program and, and I wanted the best of both worlds. I didn't want one to outweigh the other. I wanted, I wanted both. I love that. I think that's super important because like, you know, kind of like you clearly stated in, in your last um, kind of response about the end of, of your career and transitioning out, like most college athletes, you know, usually that that's kind of where their career ends, right? Like there's definitely yep. some that go professional, but like there's life after the sport. And I think sometimes we forget that and don't really kind of plan accordingly right so the student aspect of getting your education getting it from a reputable like you know prestigious university and having a plan like you you've you have yourself and like you focus on I think that's important and something that like even if you're the most talented athlete in the world like you never know when that career might end so like it's important to think about kind of what else what else you could do or what else you enjoy doing 
Right. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I know you mentioned that you always knew that psychology was something that interests you, just maybe not necessarily what in kind of what realm or how you would take that. When did that like psychology interest um, kind of form or when did you know that that's what you wanted to study academically? Yeah. And, and I think initially, you know, I had been through a lot as an athlete and I, I felt very passionately about um, body image. And I mm-hmm. know that that's more of a clinical kind of way. Um, you know, it's a clinical part of the, the psychology field. And I wanted to use my, you know, unfortunate negative view of myself and, and the growth that I had to, you know, make with that per- very personal topic. And I wanted to, I-, I wanted to find a way to make athletics better in terms of changing that narrative for young, at least young female um, mm-hmm. gymnasts specifically, specifically, but young female athletes in particular. And I know men, you know, young men experience that too, especially in sports like wrestling, um, you know, other aesthetic sports, you know, bodybuilding and all of, you know, there's, I know men experience it too, mm-hmm. and, which, which further, like it just, strengthened my um it I don't know it just made me want to be a part of that and at, almost advocate um in terms of what if that if that meant counseling or research I just again I wasn't quite 100% sure about that but I knew I wanted to do something with my my personal experience and help make the sport and, and sports at large better and move forward from that just antiquated um, mindset of, you know, being as small as possible or, um, maybe achieving being small in very unhealthy ways. So, um, that was the initial thought, but then I will say what sharpened my focus even more was after meeting Greg Harden. I mean, that man, I, I just can't credit him enough. He completely changed my life and what he did for me, I realized I wanted to be that person for someone else. So that really wanted that, that drove my my end goal and is, is literally the reason why I'm sitting in, in this chair talking to you today is because of him. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he was just really influential and just like a, a really just sharp mind and, and great individual. So that's, that's really cool to hear about. And, you know, it, it's, it, it might sound weird to say this, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you're in the place that you are and you have the focuses that you do, even though, you know, you, like you, you said, you had your own personal struggles and experiences that kind of led you to this path. I mean, like, obviously, I'm not happy that you had those experiences, <laughs> but they led you to where you're at. And I think that that's, it's a fantastic place. And just the conversations I've, I've been fortunate enough to have with you, you know, off record, yeah. I can tell how passionate you are about these things. And just, it feels like such a natural fit for you. And yeah. I know that you're making an impact on many people. And I think that's, that's a great just place for you to be. Well, thank you. I mean, I really appreciate that. And, yeah. and I think it, it, it's it's funny because just like the things I would tell my athletes, I've had to force myself to learn personally too. And yeah. I think that's the most beautiful thing about the work that I do is like I learn so much from my athletes, you know, tips, tricks, strategies, mindsets, approaches. Um, it's been like such a privilege being in other athletes worlds and like, I guess, you know, a very intimate way. I'm not. So the thing with my job, and I think it's easily confused is the fact that I'm not a counselor. I'm not a licensed clinical practitioner. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't diagnose or treat any like mental illness or, you know, um, diseases of any kind. I don't, you know, again, I don't prescribe medication. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't deal with mental illness. However, I deal with mental health and, you know, all the things that I've had to learn to teach my athletes, my athletes have, 
Like I've learned, I will say, I think I've learned more from athletes and, and other mental performance practitioners and like the real world, so to speak, versus like the things I learned in a classroom. And I've yeah. learned just more from like the lived experience um, compared to like the thing. Now I'm not saying my degrees are not worth anything and that I didn't learn anything. Like I learned basic fundamentals and like the language of, you know, talking, I guess, talking to people and articulating thoughts. But beyond that, the, I think the most memorable things I've learned are, you know, outside of the classroom, which is, I think, so interesting and kind of funny to think about, but it, it's just the truth in, in my experience. Yeah. I mean, I, that resonates with me and I'd agree. I mean, like, again, I, I think that, like you said, my, my degrees are, you know, very beneficial and they're great, but really the outside real world practice and applications and working with other folks in in the field or you know what have you i think that's really where you get that skill set and really are able to fully understand what what you do especially when it is kind of in like that mental space um mm-hmm. getting my my bachelor's in psychology and then my master's in, in hr like hr there's there's quite a bit of crossover and especially the degree specifically that i got but sure. like in my role now it's really like kind of seeing it come to life and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because like, at, like like yourself, I am not a licensed you know mental health practitioner by <laughs> any means. I'm not yeah. even a certified like mental performance coach by any means. But being in my HR role, like I I talk to my my staff all the time about their performance and how to overcome obstacles and just sure. like mental health and everything. And like I have so many people that like will say like oh I'm gonna go talk to my therapist and like they're referring to me and I'm like no <laughs> I'm not your therapist <laughs> I'm right. not a counselor. <laughs> I am not able to diagnose or treat anything. I am just yeah. here to talk about work and performance. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the difference between, and that's why, and, you know, that's why I wanted to go the applied route. Like, yeah. I feel, not to say, again, not to say that research isn't valuable or important. Right. I just, I don't want to be the one in the classroom or doing the research studies. I'd rather read the research and pass along what I've learned from research exactly. to people in the real world. Yeah. I want to, I want to work with the athletes. I want to work with the, you know, the business owners, the CEOs, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the air force, you know, and an army and like Navy, like I want to work with the, the guys on the ground, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, that's the other thing that, that led me here is, you know, both that personal experience, but just that desire to like, almost like, cause I knew I could be a coach. Like that's kind of the standard, I think route a lot of athletes take when they're done with their careers to stay connected yeah. to the sport. Cause that's kind of the, you either become a coach or a judge, you know, and yeah. either of those things, I really, I just didn't see myself doing. Um, I think those are just very, very like, honestly, like my job I think is easier compared to what those guys do. Like being a coach of like, like tons of athletes day in and day out in the, in the, in the gym and sweating with them. And, 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 and then on the other hand, being a judge and watching all those routines and having to make such like quick decisions about, you know, how an athlete performed like that, that to me is a lot more pressure than, you know, what I do. Not, not to say that it's not a lot of pressure, but it's just different, you know? And so my way of giving back to the sport is doing this, this kind of work, you know, just a little more behind the scenes and, and I get a ton of satisfaction out of it, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of another aspect of, of, I guess what brought me here. Yeah. I I think that's really interesting perspective to hear about. And I I definitely can see how it is kind of that element of like giving back to the sport. And Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the sport was a huge part of your life and just being a competitor and just kind of sharing that knowledge in the applied sense, I think is is really beneficial. And you, again, you're making a difference by kind of passing on that knowledge. And I think that that's, that's really profound that you're able to do that. 
Well, thank you. I mean, that means yeah. a lot to me because, and a lot of times, you know, I, I, so my student pilots, like I get to see them in person, you know, mm -hmm. every day. Now my gymnasts and my athletes, you know, I work with them virtually. And so I'm yeah. not with them in the gym every day. And I, a lot of times I don't, I don't see or hear about, you know, the, the improvements they've made unless they tell me, but like, I don't, I don't see film of them. I don't see tape. I don't see them in the gym. Like I don't get to like hear or see much feedback other than like the, the short amounts of time that I get to talk to them. Um, virtually. So I really hope, I guess, just, just to go off of what you said, like, I really hope that I'm making some kind of impact because a lot of times I don't see it, you know, yeah. if you're a coach, on the other hand, you get to see that, you know, in, in, in real time. Um, so that's the only, I guess, the hope that I have for my athletes and anyone who, you know, I work with or talk to or, or, you know, just meet with at all. I hope I'm making an impact. So thank you. Like, that's such a high yeah. compliment. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. <laughs> of course. And I mean, for what it's worth, like any time that I've had a conversation with you, this conversation we're having right now, listening to one of your podcast episodes, like you have had some sort of impact on my um, on myself, my life, my situation, whatever the case may be. So I can guarantee you that like you impact people in the way that you talk and the way that you present yourself, and the knowledge that you have and the background that you have. So you are you're definitely making a difference. Like I can speak. I feel like I can speak for many people when I say that. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, thank you so much, Zach. Yeah. That I mean, that means a lot to me. I, of course, I, I, you leave me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the topic of of podcasts, since you you are a fellow sure. podcaster, sure. Um, how's that journey been for you? Like, what what made you want to jump into that? Oh man, you know, and and I I was almost a little fearful you bring up that question because I will be honest, I have been so behind on that. I guess sure. looking, looking back to your time management question or what do I do in my free time? Normally in my free time, I would be uh, dedicating a lot of it to my podcast, but lately I have not been. And I guess part of that's been due to, I just bought a house. So last several Congratulations. Months, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's been, it's been quite a journey to say the least, but uh, that's taken up a lot of my time lately. Um, but yeah, how, how I got into it. That's such a good question. You know, honestly, if you had asked me when I first started it, I'd probably have a better answer for you. But I think looking back when I started, it was right before COVID, if I'm not mistaken, okay. it was either right before or like right after it like just kicked off. Um, but I had known I wanted to do it for a long time because what I used to do was I used to have a blog and then after a while, like it just got emotionally hard, like trying to think of things to write. And I would get to the point where, like, I don't know if you experienced this whenever you, like, had to write an essay in college, but I got to the point where I was trying to edit as I went, and it became just, like, I would think myself out of writing a blog post, and it got too difficult for me. Yeah. Um, and so I figured, well, I want to still have some kind of outlet to express myself and, and, and help others. So selfishly, you know, I, I think what first got me started was I just needed an outlet. I needed a mm -hmm. way to express myself without feeling judged. Um, and then I, but it turns out I was the one judging myself before I even posted what I wanted to post. And I thought, okay, well maybe I need to try a different platform, a different Avenue. And I learned about just podcasting. Cause I listened to a lot of podcasts. I watched a lot of YouTube, you know, for years and years, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, a, a casual listener and viewer. So I was like, well, why don't I get in on it? Even if it's bad, even if I don't do it frequently, like I knew I wasn't going to do it for money and do it for a job. So I figured I have nothing to lose. Um, and so I found, you know, I found anchor, found this platform cause it was free and it was attached to Spotify. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the logistics of it all worked out on top of like my desires. So yeah. not really the most fascinating story there, but, um, I think that's 
the best way I could put it. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's a good answer. And I, I think it's, it's interesting, because, you know, you said kind of, almost selfishly, it came out of just wanting a place to express yourself. And yeah. it's funny, because I get asked like the same question. And my answer is is also like, I always kind of say, like, selfishly, this is my reason. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, for me, it was just like, so every episode I have, I, I have someone on, I have a guest like yourself. And mm-hmm. like, I grow and learn so much from every conversation and from Mm. everyone that I have on so it's like selfishly like I just want to learn and grow and just like get to know these wonderful people that have done or are doing incredible things and chasing their passions because that kind of gets me fired up so yeah it's cool to be able to listen and then to like share that so I think sometimes our ideas come out of like selfish like initial (laughs) pursuits but like there's so much there's so much more to it, right? Like that's not the only reason we do it, but yeah. it's definitely like, and it, there's no shame in it. It's not like bad to say like, oh, well, like I did it because it was best for me because yeah. we have to do, you know, what's best for us at times and take care of ourselves. Right. That's right. I'm a fan yeah. of, you know, the whole put your mask on first before you you help somebody else. You have to do it. And whether that's emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. nutritionally, physically, whatever, you have to take care of you. And if this is your way of doing that, that's a beautiful thing. And and I'm so glad that you got into it too. Cause now, I mean, I, I don't think I know. I mean, the only people that I know that have a podcast are like in, you know, my mental, like mental performance space, mm-hmm. but like, it's like my director of the company I work for and, you know, just the people that I guess I follow, but I'm glad to know that I have an actual, like a friend, you know, who yeah. does this too. And, and that's really fun. And it's a good way to connect with people. It sounds like you like talking to people, Zach. I, I, I mean, do. I mean, you must love talking to people. <laughs> I do. I'm one of those, those wild extroverts who like loves talking to people will like go up to strangers and I'll go like get an ice cream and end up talking to the like the person for like 30 minutes about life that's amazing that's amazing you know what you could you could do I'd be curious like how you would do you know like those guys just on the street with a microphone asking people questions like I feel like you would thrive doing that oh you're giving me so many ideas Oh my gosh. That, that's what I'm saying. Like you could do with this podcast, like you could literally stand on a street corner. If you're, if you live in a busy area, like, mm-hmm. or I mean, maybe if you have to drive to a busy area, but like yeah. you could like literally stand there with a microphone and be like, you know, Hey, what do you think of it? Like ask people questions. Like I, that's something I watch on YouTube all the time. And it's yeah. funny. Cause like that, when, as you were describing like your why behind this, like that's immediately what I thought of. Like there's a particular person I follow on YouTube who does that, or I guess did that. And yeah, like it's it's amazing like you will get some really interesting answers and like from all different kinds of people too yeah you know okay <laughs> i might have to do <laughs> Just this make, weekend uh, i'll, I'll like i'm like 30 minutes from detroit and 30 minutes from ann arbor so those are two major cities where oh my gosh you i could, could do it. easily just yeah wow okay <laughs> Okay, oh so gosh. to everyone that like when there's no more podcast episodes is because now I've transitioned and now I'm just standing on street corners <laughs> talking to strangers and passerbys. Well, hey, you could record that and put it up true. on either on on Anchor or YouTube. Like that's true. People do it. So that that's what I'm saying. Like monetize it. Like make yes. it make it your thing. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah, I'm I, I'm just waiting to like just give me like a couple of years and you'll like be uh, watching like I don't know like the late show or something or the tonight show and you'll just be like wait is that Zach like yeah, no, uh, exactly. just talking on the corner 100%, okay. 100% you never know what could happen yeah no you're very you're very uh, right on that and it, it's funny that you kind of like pegged me for that because that's definitely my personality and like I just like to me 
the purpose of life is just like human connection and connecting with people. And Mm -hmm. I think every day we have that opportunity and everyone we encounter in every situation we're in is an opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. if we are open to that. You know what I mean? And I think that that's just like the beauty of of life. Just like it can be tough and it can be intimidating. And especially like after coming out of a couple of years of, you know, lockdown and, you know, having to be, you know, socially distant, and like being indoors and virtual like it can be hard to come back to like a more social world but yeah I don't know I find so much just like joy coming from it oh that's deep yeah that's deep yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I kind of want to spin spin that question or spin like kind of that topic onto you now you have a podcast you you work with a lot of people through coaching and through um kind of the the application base of psychology so would you say that you're like an extroverted personality and you're you're kind of similar to what I'm expressing or would you say that you're actually maybe the opposite yeah no you know I I'm I'm definitely both like I can turn it on like I can totally turn it on oh my gosh and you know I used to be for a couple years in staffing and recruiting um full-time you know before I before I got this full-time role that I have now yeah um you know so like I know when to turn it on I could I can do it but I will say when I'm done with that like I shut down I need to charge my battery like I'm very um you know, I guess, what do they call it? Like an ambivert, you know, yeah. you can do both. Um, that's the thing I can do both. I feel like I naturally, if you're asking true na- natural Briley without the influence of the world on her, I, I, I would prefer to be an introvert, but I've mm. learned that for my, for what I want to do for work, for yeah. how, how I need to live and conduct myself in a professional manner, I do need to, you know, be a little more extroverted. So it's not necessarily a demand I would willingly place on myself, but I can rise to the occasion and I can do it. Um, but I, I need my recharge time. I need to yeah. be alone. I need to like just sit. I'm, my favorite thing to do, like if this gives you any indication of like who I am, this is the exact opposite of an athlete. But like my favorite thing to do is absolutely nothing. Like I'm yeah. talking, sit on a couch, stare at a wall and like just have like white noise playing or just like music in the background. Like I will literally listen to I have a record player in my house. And so I literally bought the record player as a thing to have just background noise um, when I just like to sit on my couch um, and do nothing. So (laughs) if that tells you anything about me, that's kind of what that's that's who I am naturally. But like I understand I can't just live like a hermit every day. I have to put myself in the public eye and work with people. So that's me. <laughs> okay. I love it. And I, I don't know. I just find that like really interesting because like I'm so I would just say like I'm 100% always just an extrovert. Like that's yeah, just I can't sure, control sure. that. Like that's just who I am. But like Fair at enough. the same time, like I just I love that kind of like I guess like I guess we'll call it solitude. But like, yeah. you know, it's not like I've for me, it's never like I need to recharge or anything. It's just that like mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Like I enjoy yeah. my own company, I guess. And yeah, um, what you said really resonated with me because like people like I'll say like, oh, I'm just like chilling out for the night or something. And people are like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I'm literally just sitting in silence. And they're like, yeah, no, like you're watching TV, you're on your phone, you're reading a book. I'm like, no, like yeah. I am sitting on my couch probably like similar to you like maybe I have like some white noise like background yeah. going on but I'm literally just sitting and do it like staring sure. at a wall or staring off. sure I've never like, heard anyone else reading, say that 
Like yeah. I, I read, you know, I okay. try to ha- always have yeah. a book. Like I always try to have a book or two that I'm, I'm reading. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I consider that, I mean, I don't know, like, of course I, I sit and scroll on my phone too, but sure. like, I don't know. I try, I don't really, I don't spend a ton of time on my phone unless yeah. it's like emails or like right. if I'm on social media, I post where I need to post and then I leave. Like yep. I don't, I don't yep. read, like, I don't read all the comments. I don't like, I don't know. And I don't comment on a ton of things yeah. that I see. Like I just, you know. I'll sit and like listen to a podcast or sit and yeah, read or sit and exactly. watch a YouTube video. But yeah, no. And I, and I totally respect that. And I think, you know, they say like those, the most successful people in the world tend to be extroverted. Like that is a, that is a human trait that tends to get people really far. And clearly using this platform is going to help you go so far, like in your career and it's just going to add and enrich your life. So you're cl- you're doing the right things, obviously. So just, yeah, like channel that and keep leaning into it because that like that will lead you to success if you're living as authentically as you can you will become successful i mean you're already successful so like <laughs> who am i even to say like you're gonna become successful like you yeah. already are and so i think and that's something like if we're talking about like things i would tell athletes like yeah. that would be that would be part of it so like just keep living your truest truest extrovert self yeah i appreciate <laughs> that thank you so much for the kind words um I, I really do appreciate that and as a fellow like psychology psychology student or someone that is passionate about psychology are you familiar with uh, the psychologist sydney gerard sydney gerard no i can't say I've, i haven't heard of her um i'll have to look into her it, it is a him i will say that oh, him? Oh, I'm it so is sorry. yeah sydney sydney's there, a him but um there i go assuming Oops. it's all good <laughs> it's all good but um sydney gerard is is probably probably my favorite psychologist and the reason behind it is his kind of theory of like we all just want to be our authentic selves and we we kind of live a life where we have like a mask and we put on that mask in like social situations or with friends or family and Mm -hmm. it's not like inauthentic but it's not our 100% like unapologetic authentic being and that's like what we all strive and aspire to to live and I think kind of like you were saying with like the advice that you would tell your athletes is just like be be yourself and be authentic I think that's so important Mm it's so so tough and especially like nowadays with you know maybe you and I aren't big social media people but like social media makes it hard yeah I think for folks to be themselves because of all like the you know, just comparison and, and judgment and, and what have you. So I think sure. yeah, to anyone listening, that's like, I think big advice that both of us would give, just like be yourself and like, just do what makes you happy. And like some people might not agree with it or might think it's silly or weird, but like, yep. who cares? Yeah. Well, and like bringing that into like, I will say, I don't know if you've ever had this experience with your podcast. Cause I know you have guests and, mm-hmm. and I don't like, I, I, I think I've only had maybe one guest on my podcast the entire time I've had it. And she was a friend, so she made it easy. But, um, I've, I noticed sometimes I catch myself still with like, I have, I feel like I have really strong opinions about certain things related to sports, yeah. know, mental performance and things. And I catch myself sometimes I get worried about, well, if I share this opinion, like, who's going to like, who's going to stop listening to me after this, or Mm -hmm. who's going to just write me off and who's going to judge me. And like, who's going to like think differently. You know, I go through all those questions before, you know, I, and it's funny. I have like, I have a podcast that I have coming up that I've completely planned it out. The notes are written. Like I'm ready to go. The last thing I have to do is just record the dang thing. So, but part of me has hesitated for so long, not just because it, it, you know, 
I don't know. It, it just took me a while to prepare, but also I've kind of put it off because I am a little nervous about like, if I share this really strong opinion, like what are other people going to think? Like, are people going to like it? Are they going to hate it? Or is, is it going to be 50, 50? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to upset people, you know? And mm-hmm. I guess if we're talking about being our authentic selves, I am genuinely naturally, like I've always been a very happy person. It's kind of hard to bring me down, but the minute I disappoint somebody, or the yeah. minute I make somebody else uncomfortable or angry or, you know, whatever negative emotion you want to put out there, like that makes me feel bad. And, 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 and that can be a blessing and a curse. Right. Cause I do think it's important to like, you know, be kind to others, like, yeah. you know, try not to hurt other people's feelings if you can avoid it. But if that's hindering me from being myself, that's when you run into like the catch 22, right? Yeah. The, it, it, it hurts you both ways. So um, maybe my challenge and following through with your advice and what I would tell somebody else is I need to just put your, this is, this is the world telling me that I need to just post this dang podcast, this next yeah. episode that I have. So you're, you're inspiring me, Zach. Like, I'm so glad you're asking these questions because it's really making me think. <laughs> good, good. No, that's, I, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I, I try not to make you think too hard on, on podcasts or any guests, but I, I like to ask questions that, that make make you think. You're just kind of like reflect upon. And, you know, I think I'm the same way. And it's I've told you this before. And like it does this recordings echoing it in my mind that like I feel like you and I were like the same person. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really funny. So <laughs> uh, even like our, our interests that we haven't even talked about or like things that we like we like to do in our free time. It's, it's eerily similar. But uh, I'm the same way. We're like. I I hate the feeling of of letting someone down or disappointing someone or making someone feel like uncomfortable about something I say or like a belief I have or what you know whatever yeah. the case may be like you explained and it's tough because you're trying to like balance that fine line of like being your authentic self but like wanting to like take other people's feelings or emotions right. or reactions into account and I think like I guess I'm curious right. like how have how have you navigated through that Oh, you know, I think honestly, like just taking risks, Yeah. like, and the whole thing, and that's the whole thing with the podcast for me, it's a hundred percent a risk. And I, I will say, thank goodness that I don't have a big audience because luckily enough, I don't have a ton of people like, you know, screaming at me or yelling in my ear or like giving me, you know, tons of feedback at all anyway. Mm-hmm. So I really is kind of like the opportunity I have to kind of shout out into an almost empty void. I mean, I hope, I think so, like I look at my stats and there's like a couple people listening to it, but it's really not a lot. And I don't get, you know, it's, I don't get a ton of like direct feedback. So that's almost a good thing for me. And I think that's been a, a really good thing is being able to just share what I want without having a huge audience. And that's, you know, again, some people might look at that and think, oh, well, you're, you're doing something wrong. But like, I really don't think I am like, I would much mm-hmm. rather it be this way um, than having too many opinions. Cause that's where I also get thrown off is like, if I have too many opinions and too much feedback, it's really hard for me to make a decision. Whereas if it's just me and I have my time and my thoughts and my experience, and I just go from that, speak from that act in service of that, like that's kind of helped me keep putting out episodes and keep you know, doing this work. Um, and look, and if someone ever calls me out, like I will be prepared for that day. Like I, <laughs> I will, I will arm myself and be open to hearing new perspectives. But um, I just hope that the delivery is always in a kind way. Cause like, that's how I try to mm-hmm. deliver my message is not in a hateful way. Um, but I am very passionate and I do have strong, strong opinions on some things. Um, and I'm very decisive. So I just try to lean into that. And then also on the receiving end, if someone were to ever criticize me, I hope that I would be able to handle that, um, you know, with strength. So I hope, I hope that, I don't know. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really 
appreciate and respect you saying that like if someone does disagree or have feedback like you're open to it i think that's the biggest thing like yeah. i think that's where we kind of unfortunately face a lot of struggles in in the world and in society when people do have opinions and they're not open to hearing like you don't have to yeah. change your opinion but at least be willing to like respectfully listen or just acknowledge that there are other you know opinions as well and that they're not sure. like less or anything it's just maybe you don't agree with them that's okay yeah just different and i think well yeah. i think what ruins it for people like it, i mean social media you brought that up you know mm -hmm. social media like people it's so easy to like type something vicious behind a keyboard you know right. when, when you're not directly in front of the person um but i imagine a lot of the things we would say online we wouldn't necessarily say in person and so i try to temper that and that's why i try to you know I don't know. I don't know really where I was going with that, but I think the delivery of how people disagree also ruins it for, for people. And it doesn't have to be that way, you know? Right. Um, I just don't think it has to be that way, but. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree completely with you. And yeah, I think it's just technology. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. It's great, sure. but sure. it can cause a lot of friction and divisiveness. And I don't know, maybe this is like the super extroverted part of me, but I'm just like, let's all just get along and be happy. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I think we can all live with different viewpoints and different, yeah. like that, speaking of like success, I mean, and that's like the big thing I, I want all of my athletes to feel and achieve at some point in their, their lives, whether it's their athletic journey or beyond their athletics, like there are multiple ways to become successful just yeah. as there are multiple ways to communicate with people efficiently, effectively, you know, respectfully. Sure. Um, and we can all ha still have our beliefs. Um, but you know, that doesn't mean you have to, you can disagree with people without having to berate them, you know? Right. So I think I try to inject that into how I work with my athletes too. Cause I work with athletes that are, you know, much different than me. I mean, I have mm -hmm. athletes that are, you know, either young men or they, they do sports that I don't know a ton about, about, you know, or maybe they, they don't want to do college athletics or they don't want to go to the Olympics, you know, and they've already made that decision or, you know, those are all these other things. Like I face that in my work all the time. And I'm sure mm -hmm. you work with people, you know, in, in, in HR and you see people that come to you with different, you know, life experiences, different, right. you know, job titles and, you know, responsibilities and all that. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of what we talk about in mental performance, it, it totally translates to life skills, you know, yeah. as well. It really does. And I think like you hit on a lot of great life skills and just things that are important to have. And, you know, something that also kind of resonated with me or just like kind of pinged in my mind is when you mentioned like the, the different forms of success and like success yeah. itself is such like a subjective thing, right? Like your oh, definition sure. of su su success could be vastly different than mine. That's vastly different from someone else's. And it's like, I think yeah. we all get caught up in like success has to mean like you're famous or you're making millions of dollars or what have you. But like, I mean, I know you, you mentioned yourself, like with your podcast, like you, maybe you don't have like the, the, you know, biggest platform or audience with it, but mm -hmm. I don't think that that means like you're not successful. Right. Like I think sure. it sounds to me like you are successful because you are getting a lot out of it and it is having yeah. an impact on you in a positive way. And I think that that's success. Totally. And yeah, I, I would just like, just to like lean into that, like how yeah. I define success for my podcast is just honestly putting out an episode that like, you can hear me speak. <laughs> it's somewhat edited and somewhat put together yeah. and I feel good about the message. That's yeah. it for me. Like, honestly, if no one listens to it, I really don't care. Like, right. 
honestly, the hardest part about the whole podcast thing for me is the editing anyway. So um, I respect the heck out of you for, you know, editing and dealing with multiple people in a conversation because you, it's, it's hard stuff and it's the stuff yeah. that people don't see or hear that that's the hardest part. So um, yeah, that's for me, that's what success is yeah. at least related to my podcast. The fact that if I can put one out, man, that's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a huge win. And I like, I can't remember this exact statistic. Um, so, you know, anyone listening to this, don't, don't quote me on this, but um, <laughs> one of my friends who's, who's also a podcaster, he told me like, it's, a, it's something like 70 some percent of, of people that start a podcast don't make it past like 10 episodes. Really? And, yeah. It's like something wild like that. Oh, wow. And, like, that like stuck with me and you know, it's, it's crazy. And like you, I know you're over 10 and mm-hmm. I, I am as well. So like we've, mm-hmm. we've technically, you know, beaten out, you know, what the, the norm <laughs> is in the podcasting world that, um, it, you know, it just getting, starting a podcast or starting any passion, yeah. I think is, is just a huge accomplishment. So, you know, kudos yeah. to, to you and, and me as well for accomplishing that. And I'll, I'll let you in on a little Absolutely. secret that, cause you, you gave me maybe too much credit. Um, and so I, I actually don't do any editing for my podcast. Oh my gosh. So, you don't. Oh, good for no, you. So more respect though. I'll, I'll, um, so to anyone listening to this episode, I'll give a little back backstory. I'll, I'll pull back the veil and, and be vulnerable. I'm going to have to do some editing for this episode because we had some technical difficulties. <laughs> oh my gosh, the one time yeah. you were just talking about this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so Ugh. if you're listening to this podcast, like any <laughs> if you've listened to my podcast from the start, I'd always talk about how everything's unedited, unplanned, unscripted. Oh my God. And that, that everything with today was unplanned and unscripted, but... Due to technical difficulties, I will have to do some editing. It's probably not going to be the best editing because I don't edit. <laughs> so I apologize if you've made it this far. You're like, the beginning, like the first like 20 minutes was kind of rough. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. This is, okay, listen, to anyone who's listening, I'm going to yeah. jump in here because this is Zach being really humble and nice and respectful to me because I think it was my fault. So just so everybody knows, I was using my phone to record when I shouldn't have been. I think my phone kept running out of battery or like space or something. And every four and a half minutes, like on the dot, it would just keep like kicking me out. So I switched over to the computer and now hopefully yeah. I will not make Zach's podcast editing a nightmare. Um, although it's already going to be a nightmare. So I have to throw <laughs> that in. It's my fault. I take full responsibility and I apologize profusely. And Zach is just being lovely and kind about it. So we will, we made it through though. Listen, yes. I think we're doing a great job. <laughs> yes, no, we are. And even though you're going to fight me on it, you, you're not a hundred percent responsible for it. it. It was, we're a team, we're a joint effort. Okay. You know, we, we both, we just, we're, we're having fun and we're learning on the fly. And for sure. That's the whole fun of keeping things like the whole point of me starting my podcast was to make it like as like authentic and raw as possible. And, you know, that's just part of it. Like life happens to yeah. go in directions. And like one of the, like a re- recently I heard this, this expression or I guess quote perhaps that um, has really stuck with me and I just kind of find it a little humorous. It's like, we make mm-hmm. plans and God laughs. And- yep. I, yep. I just love that because that's like with anything like yeah. life, this podcast, like you make a kind of like, oh, this is how it's going to work out or this is my plan for it. And then things don't always go according to plan and we just have to adapt right. and move forward. And it's a good metaphor for life. So, yeah, exactly. Good metaphor for life. And that's exactly what I would tell my athletes, except I, I you know, I'm going to steal that the whole I you make plans and God laughs. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to show that my athletes because 
I think it's, it's very similar to what I would share. Like if an athlete were in our, were in our situation right now, you know, their equivalent is, you know, a piece of equipment breaks or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're tired or sore or like not feeling their best, you know, and they still have to perform, you know, there are times when you don't get to walk away and you have to just get back up and keep going. And you are, you are saying exactly what I would tell my athletes. So you are a lot closer to being a mental uh, consultant, mental performance consultant than you think. So my <laughs> takeaway from this episode is quit my day job, stop the <laughs> podcast and become a mental performance consultant and also go on street corners and talk to strangers. Listen, Zach, if you do that, I will support you 100% and you will make it happen. You will make it work. <laughs> you can do anything. And I really, I really believe that. I'm not just saying that to like pump rainbows into you. Like, yeah. and that's my message for anybody, by the way, like anybody, if you want to do something, you can do it. And that's, that's exactly what I, I try to help my athletes work through. Mm-hmm. And you know, using more tangible things, tangible skills, you know, written, you know, written exercises and things, but genuinely, I think what you put into your life, you get out. And I think that's the message that I would want to share with everybody, um, with, with anything, what you, what you get out is what you put in, you know? Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, like, there's just so much opportunity in, in life and opportunities and the passions that we have. And really, like, truly whatever you put in I I think you can get out of it and like Mm -hmm. I I'm sure you'll probably even agree with me on this like I I don't I do not see myself as like an extremely special unique person like I just Mm -hmm. I've worked hard I've set goals I've been lucky at times more times than not and like that's how I've accomplished the things that I've had and you know, to hear you say, like, I I am successful, or I will be successful. Like, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. And I, that means a lot to me. But it's like, it's like, I'm, if I can do it, I truly believe anyone can. And that's where I'm yep. saying, like, I'm sure you probably agree. Like, yes, you've accomplished yeah. a lot in your personal life. But I don't, from talking to you, I don't think you have this, like, complex where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm right. super great. And like, I'm so special, but like, no one else right. can achieve these things. Like, I think that's the kind of the, the important message. Like, we're just normal people that have done yep. really cool things because of hard work and luck and dedication. And if we can do it, anyone listening can like, really just get after whatever they want. Yep, all of it. And I think it's funny, you know, the last thing I guess I'll say yeah. is the, the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yes. So take that yes. for what you will. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. And like, that reminds me of a quote. One of my old coaches used to say is, um, luck favors the prepared. It does. So yeah. Fortune, fortune favors the bold too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just full of all these quotes and expressions. I full love of it. Them. Full of them. Absolutely. I'm all about cliches and you know why? Because they are true. <laughs> yes. They, they wouldn't be called cliches if they weren't true. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Briley, um, I, I know that we've talked a lot about a lot of great things and we've <laughs> talked about the podcast and you kind of dropped that maybe there will be an episode coming soon and everything. Yes. So, you know, to everyone that's that's listened along with us, um, you know, what where's like the best places to to check out the podcast or connect with you or is there anything that you wanna share with with the listeners to to kind of follow along with your journey? Sure. Yeah. And you can find me, gosh, I'm almost everywhere. I'm all over the place. Um, in terms of my podcast, I'm, I'm everywhere. Gosh, if you just look up pursuing excellence with Briley Casanova, it should come up. Um, it's like a purple and in beige, like diamond, uh, type Mm -hmm. background. It's pretty easy, you know, pretty, I would think pretty easy to identify. Um, but again, just search pursuing excellence and 
Riley Casanova, my name, it should come up. Um, it's on, you know, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, um, literally Google, Apple, you name it, mm-hmm. all the podcast platforms. And then if you are an Instagrammer, um, my business Instagram is Mental Coach Briley. Um, I, I'm on there pretty frequently. And also Twitter, or now X, I guess I should say, <laughs> yeah. Mental Coach Bry. Um, again, I should be pretty easy to find there. But any feedback, comments, like, please share them with me. I know I said I, I try not to spend too much time um, on those things, but please, genuinely, I, I want your feedback. I want to get better. I want to learn from you. Um, and I, you know, I just want to grow and improve. So those are my main, my main platforms. And um, yeah, I guess if, if you want to set up a consult with me, if you're an athlete who's listening or someone, anyone who just wants to improve their craft, their, you know, whether it's, it's an athletic um, feat or just a task or a hobby that you have, um, you can reach out to me and find me at um, completeperformancecoaching.com. And you can just, you know, search up my name and you should, you should find me under the coaches there. There's more than, there's more than just me. Um, but if you would like to schedule a free meeting with me, you are absolutely welcome to do that there as well. Okay, perfect. So um, all of all of Riley's information, where you can check out the podcast, um, her her Instagram, her I, I can't just say X. I, I'm just going to call it's, Twitter. It's, it's weird, but <laughs> it's weird. Um, Riley's Twitter slash X. Um, I'll put that in the description as well, as long along with the, the website if you want that um, free Great. consultation. So to anyone listening, just go to the description of this episode and check out Riley's information there. And like she said, um, give her feedback. You know, if you have any feedback or you know questions comments suggestions what have you i I know that she's very open to to getting feedback and hearing other people's perspectives so definitely check her out um, follow her on socials follow the podcast tune in to the episodes there's plenty to go back and listen to i when i first discovered your podcast i literally went and i've listened to every single episode you've put out oh my and gosh. i will listen to them moving forward so even if you like you forget about like briley's instagram or like the podcast <laughs> if you follow mine i i will share any future oh podcasts God. so you oh will you can find it that way too but You're um, amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. So are you. And you. I, I really appreciate this conversation. Um, is, is there any kind of like last thoughts or message that you want to share with our listeners? Um, you know, and as as we were kind of planning this episode, I was trying to think of like that one last little message I would want to share. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm really not sure. I guess it's just um, pursue excellence. Don't worry about trying to be perfect. That's the whole premise of why I named my my podcast Pursuing Excellence is because being excellent is, is, is being excellent. Being excellent Mm -hmm. is enough. You don't need to be perfect. So stop, just stop. It's, it's, it's not the pursuit of excellence is, is so fulfilling. And that's what I wish for everybody, um, on our planet and whoever's listening today. That's what I'll say. That's a very powerful message and a great way to end it. And honestly, like even just sitting here, this is why I say like, every time I listen to your podcast, I want to go run through a brick wall after I listen to it. Like <laughs> you just have like this great way of articulating and motivating. Oh, so I, I really appreciate it. And I, I think that's a great message. So everyone listening, you know, pursue excellence, know that like perfection isn't like a thing, right? Like, you I mean, know, it's, it's, it's just a very, it's just a very difficult endeavor. And yeah. most of the time you'll just feel disappointed and you'll exactly. feel worse. So it does not have to be like that. Life does not have to be like that. Mm-hmm. I think you can have fun in in win too. You can 100%. have joy. You can have joy and success. It doesn't have to be a miserable experience, you know. 
I agree. You know, we get one life and like, let's, let's make the most of it, enjoy it and enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. And even while we're going for our goals and dreams and passions and working hard, yeah. enjoy it, enjoy it while you can. So it's yeah. been a great conversation, Riley. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time and your friendship and just being able to, every time I talk to you, I, I learn something or I take something away. So I really appreciate uh-huh. it. You've, you've accomplished so many great mm-hmm. things and I know that you have a lot more left in the tank to accomplish and i'm just honored to to be able to share kind of like the podcasting space with you and to have so many great conversations so thank you genuinely from the bottom of my heart for just having such a profound impact on on my journey and um, i'm just excited to to see the other things that you accomplish and to support you along the way Oh, thank you. It's been an yeah. honor and a pleasure. And I hope we can do this again, whether it's yeah. on my podcast or on yours again. Like I'm, I want to keep this, this door open. Let's, let's, let's do this again sometime. Yeah. A hundred percent. You are always welcome to come back anytime on the podcast and I'd be honored <laughs> if you ever want me on your podcast. So, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll make it happen, but, um, it was great talking to you and I know we'll be talking soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and thank you guys for listening. Yes, of course. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.